from the city that never sleeps is an emerald isle of white, bloodied history, and golden heritage. Two men are called to fight a threat that those around them simply cannot feel or fathom. If you want to disprove one thing and end up proving everything else, then you might need the consultancy of Kane and Fields, paranormal investigators. In this mini-sode, made especially for International Podcast Month, carrying off a changeling. Wait, come on, where am I come on, come, come sit here, sit, sit, sit right down here. Okay. I've already started recording. Just, just tell the tape deck everything you just told me. What? Why can we just get this? Brutus, I need a tape of this desperately. Go, go on, go on. I, I'll try not to interrupt. <clears throat> May I consult my case? Yep, yeah, sure, whatever. Okay, just okay. Go, go, just, go, 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 go. Okay, go. all right. Well, we got hired by the. Irish archaeology of Ireland. There are a bunch of ghost hunters traipsing around an abbey looking for spirit orbs at all hours of the night, and the IAOI were worried about them stepping on pottery or something. I did point out that orbs are normally a lens error or dust or Photoshop, but they offered cash. So, took a train to Stansted, flew out to Shannon, rented a car, and drove to the empty shell of Arden Abbey. Like every client we get to with any level of propriety, no one was there to meet us. Uh, but the guy at the hotel pub said they'd left us a message to write something for their press release and they'll wire us the cash. That's fine. We're just piecemeal to make amateur ghosties feel better. Uh, you took offence to this. I did not. If you're going to waste our time to make some kooks feel better, we might as well get some research done for ourselves. And honestly, one out of a hundred people's supernatural guesses turn out to be at least something. Especially in Ireland. Even in the Northern European hotspot, there's a lot going on in Ireland anyway. There's definitely a gap in the outer mould of the protectorate field there. I wouldn't be surprised if the amount Look, I'm of... I'm really sorry to interrupt, but you said you wouldn't interrupt me. So I did. Please continue. So it's midnight. We popped over to the Abbey. We waited for a couple of hours with travel cups of Americano. And after three quarters of an hour, we split up, took opposite corners of the abbey to cover more ground. And and then what? Uh, and then I saw an orb. <laughs> it wasn't as statistically solid as I was expecting. It was more <laughs> natural, like a flame. I waved at you, but I don't think you saw me. And I threw a rock at you, but I don't know where it landed. And then I leant down to grab another rock, and you were gone. So I looked back at the orb. It jumped more regularly now in one spot, beckoning, and I followed. I walked over the moss of the abbey into a bumpy landscape of four-foot depressions, irregular terrain, and then I hopped over to the light. It was white and flickering, bright and warm. It made me think of the hypnotic patterns on pub carpets. However, I'm not just a moth to a... Well, to a flame, I turned back to the ruins to see if I could alert you this time, but you weren't there, and neither were the ruins. And at this point, I wrote something down in my case pocket book. Let me see here. Yes? Yeah, no, just a moment. Um, uh, yeah. Church gone, not good, maybe? Probably. Illuminating. So instead of cloistered walls, there was a kind of counterweight 
trebuchet kind of thing and a small pile of cut slate. Uh, I briefly considered taking a photo of it to give to the archaeology people, but in this darkness, it would probably just be orbs. <laughs> so the flame got faster and jigged harder and disappeared into the tree line. I actually ran towards it, trying not to trip over the dew-covered mounds of... Um... That's quite the turn of phrase your beat poetry case recount has got you into, my man. Let's not dwell. Anyway, trees, darkness, thorn bushes. Then I caught a glimpse of it again, like a, a white deer darting back and forth. Oh, do you know, the uh, Germans call the hindquarters of a deer Der Spiegel? Literally, mirror. Hunter's mirror. You know, of the way interruptions, this is the dumbest and least helpful. For Saiken? Uh, well, catching up with it becomes easier as it slows. And hovers near a, a, a big rock. Big rock? Like a man placed a big rock. One of those standing stones in a glade, uh, in a clearing. The white light dimmed slightly and flew into the rock. You have no idea how lucky you are that it didn't try to lead you into a marsh, or a river, or a bog. I would or... have realised. <laughs> you know what it was, right? Yeah, Billy the something. No, no, Will. A, a Will of the Wisp. Ignis Fatus, the origin of the jack-o'-lantern. Crazy, dangerous little face Kane, sprites Kane, that hop... Kane, I'm messing with you. Ugh, don't. If I'd have seen that, I would have tried the, the eye charm, and if not, I would have tried the umbasa, and then, if that didn't work, I'd have ran the other way. Ooh, but what if they've learned goddamn reverse psychology, and it wants me to? And I'd run into a reverse marsh. Kane. I bet that in the centuries they... Kane. Yeah. yeah. I indeed. So you followed the light into a rock. And then the rock hummed. Like a low, cooling, humming rock sound. Like the frequency of, of rock and stone. Poetic. And then thousands of these little lights opened up in the forest behind. Like a glowing, like a star field. And I hear a voice, like a singular voice, singing, uh, with the flapping of banners against poles and the march of horses, the creaking of armour and the jostling of swords against hilts. All at once it comes to me. A, a tapestry woven in noise. It's mournful. Lost. Duende. Sorry? The Duende. Uh, forest elves most common in Iberian and Latin cultures. Sometimes they simply want to steal houses, but their modus operandi has become living in the beauty of art and song. They, they hide in the feeling that you feel. The immersive, transformative quality. Do you remember Mr. Basarai? Hmm. He, he he drew a line from muses to duende by the way of Ariel and other spirits of the air and water. I do think in these crucial times the old world is binding itself. Huh. Hmm. But but I, d I do think there was an element of the real within this duende trick. Oh, totally. Like, I felt so sad for this sound of... Uh, of, of a crumbling kingdom 
And then, as if to answer me, uh, a woman stepped out from behind the rock. Being Saidi. Bless you. I'm messing again. She was wearing a, a velvet wedding dress. Her hair is stupidly long, like folk artist long, with clear porcelain skin and this long, thin nose. Wide, pale eyes, like a, like a dog. I bet she doesn't appreciate that comparison. Can, can we go back to the wedding dress? I mean, I mean, it probably wasn't a wedding dress, but it was a long, straight thing with a billowing scarf thing at the back, blowing in the wind, but it wasn't windy. Yes, dawning on you, isn't it? It's like um, watching a bad film. You don't see all the bad till you're eating dinner after. That is an uncharacteristically bad analogy there, Luce. Hmm. And so she walks out and holds out her hand to me in a gentle smile like a stained glass window of a saint. And I took, took her, her hand. hand. Oh, bloody gods! I mean, teeth. come on, what was I, I supposed I, to okay, do? Okay, 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 let's, let's mark that one up. Continue. So then all at once, a bunch more people, or I guess now fairies, come out. There are these two little fellas with banners that I had seen, heard heard scene earlier. The first was grey and bug-eyed and grinning and behind him was like his twin who was a bit more nervous and looking with like a little horn, like a bugle. And there was this old guy like an ancient with a writing desk covered in candles. Oh yeah, the desk was mounted on a harness and it was being carried but another little looking grey fella a bit more muscly like a Boris Karloff Frankenstein vibe and uh you alright? I'm aghast. At my lack of, uh, I don't know, common sense? No, no, that's completely forgivable. I, I think you were lost the moment you touched her hands. They probably seemed fine at the time. It's it's just really that they they really... Uh, I don't know. C continue. Okay, back where the Abbey should have been, there were knights. Only three or four, but like Full armor. What kind? Horse kind. No, what kind of armor? Oh, I don't know, uh, plate? Kind of pointy, fold-down helmets and line. Huh. And they had the same banner, uh, and I could see it now. It was a moon with a face on it. Ooh, uh, uh, doesn't mean much to me, actually. So the old desk man coughed and started speaking, and she held my hand closer to- Wait! Me. You hadn't let go- of her hand. I mean, no. So she had held my hand, and the old boy started talking in, I guess, Gaelic. I don't know. Like, he had an Irish accent in whatever he was speaking, so lots of ch noises. Anyway, he was writing and talking and dipping his ink in the well, but she had just had this same warm, graceful smile. And then they started leading me away, and the night's followed down from the hill. Did you... do anything? Didn't feel the need to. Like, I made a little small talk, if that's what you mean. Amazing. Nice night for it, huh? Parading? Uh, she liked that one. She giggled. As we passed deeper into the forest, though, I noticed that the moonlight through the trees reflected and passed through the little banner men and the knights, too. They looked like a good gust of wind would have blown them away. But she didn't, but the moonlight made all the jewels on her dress sparkles. And I hadn't noticed that she was decked out like... Like a, like like a, a queen. queen. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 
we came to another clearing, and at this point, I couldn't stop thinking of how odd this all was. I mean, yeah, fair enough. No, I mean, like, there were so many people out in the forest at 3am. Like, they were lining the trees, <laughs> some were sitting there and really small. Ugh. Smaller than coins. Like, there was a little crowd split in the middle full of various things, grey things, winged things, things riding bats between them, a set of beautiful stairs leading down into the ground and I looked around and everyone's waving at me and shouting things in different languages and I waved back and I made the woman happy and and the stairs had this amazing knot work like gold leaf and mosaic yep good stairs uh, and you went in well yeah there was a do on oh god Okay, for the benefit of the future notes in this recording, let me add that my partner here has just closed his eyes and slapped himself in the forehead. Don't talk to the recorder. So, you went in. And all the little folks trailed in behind me, and... I can't believe this. That is a weird thing for you to say. No, I I can't believe that you're all out of there. And I can't believe that you entered the earth with Oh, well, it's daytime down there. What? Yeah, big yellow sky and those wall paintings you like and a feasting table with food and whatnot. Took my seat at the head of the table next to her and they gave me a drink in a cup shaped like a big flower. Uh, I think like a tulip Uh, or something. It was pretty uh, decent. uh, uh, Okay. You are now officially the luckiest human alive. Why? Was I doing something wrong no it's it's just i know a certain amount uh, about fey folk and there are strict tenements you must abide with to not die or or be kidnapped forever Ah, like being a diplomat in somewhere awful a hundred percent uh do not enter their homes do not enter their world and Seemingly most importantly in Arthurian, English, and Irish folkloric traditions, and in the writings of the fairy minister Robert Kirk, do not eat their food! Oh. Any lasting effects on that one, my dude? Oh, we don't know, because no one has ever come back from doing any of the three! Well, you know, I... I probably have a a sample you can No! Still no! Probably burn that. Okay, well. Well, the roast meat was lovely. Uh, that wasn't human, was it? Okay, no, yeah, no one has recorded that that we know of. Do you know, I'm starting to get why you're recording this, Luce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, I drunk and I ate and I watched a little uh, performance. Uh, the music and the tumbling was great. And then, the queen, she takes me by the hand again and leads me out of the hall to a, a little... um wooden room with this amazing trellis carving in the center of it and uh, there's this crib hmm hmm uh, so you um you, you've been very enamored with all this knot work and such du- uh, duende oh god yeah yeah good point well made yeah so the queen, who I'm like thirty percent sure I'm married to now, uh, smiles this like wild smile and gestures to the crib, and there's this spark of gold from her fingertips, and I understand treasure. This is the most precious thing she owns, the most precious 
little baby and I'm here to protect it, to help her raise it. And I look over to the crib and it's perfect, this little beautiful child just sleeping so peacefully and perfectly. Christ. And then that old copper instinct kicked in. The baby was wearing a onesie and a pink hat with ducks on it. Cute! Indeed, but the hat was inside out. So? I could see a manufactured machine seam connected to a supermarket label. Oh. Yeah. I turned the label over in my fingers to confirm my suspicions, but the silent queen, the midsummer dream of a woman, held my hand, her eyes wet and her face sallow. She pleaded with her eyes, but in the same mournful air that had accompanied the music before. It was a plea of a crumbling kingdom. Oh, you are so damn duendeed. I was so damn duendeed. I felt it at the time. I pick up the babe and I hold it to my chest. And she closes her hand and I'm thrown out of the doorway hall. Harmlessly, like it moved around me. I check the baby, but I can't because the knights are on me. So my senses are coming back to me. And suddenly I think that these are... Fairies? Actually, I thought leprechauns. Brute, that's so... I didn't have time to guess its taxonomy when it's coming at me with bared teeth. (laughs) I didn't have much time to think. It was all I could do to pull one of the charms you gave me off my belt. Ooh, which one? The little staghead guy. Oh, good shout. Yeah, is he potent? Oh, no, not in this situation, but he is made of iron. They hate that. Either way, I brawl past the knights and I climb past the stairs with the fairy folks grasping at my heels, their faces are contorted in vile grimaces, looking more like deep-sea fish in the darkness than the kindly folk they were when we were feasting. They have these malicious, twisted little eyes with knives and these sodding, painful little dart guns. I get up the stairs and I'm ready to fight them off. I turn back, but it's not there anymore. I'm in the first clearing with the rock and the abbey is visible again and the lights of the main road. And I spin in place to try and clear this up and she's there. The queen. She looks tired. She doesn't glow. She simply sighs and slinks back behind the rock and is gone. I I stood there for a good long while after that. But then I, I walk up to you and I see the police. Yes, the guard had me down as a trespasser, but I had brought all our stuff from the archaeology society, so we were just chatting about the job and such. You'd only been gone from my sight for about um, a minute, you know. Oh, I hate that. I hate the weird supernatural jet lag of bloody Narnia time sneaking up it's, on It's lost I'm time. So it's Narnia time, it's fair. not lost time. Yep, no, fair. But yeah, this concludes my notes on how two idiots doing a bureaucratic errand found a missing baby Neve Carey. Less than two days old, stolen from Ennis General Hospital, postnatal care. <laughs> when I-, I was quick to add to the guardie, we were 100% not in the Republic of Ireland. Honestly, though, as good of a thing as you did here, I, 
the reason I'm noting this down is because <laughs> you you broke every single rule of fairy relations. You've mentioned that, yes. And what punishment did you get? A, a, a scrap with their their malnourished cavalry and a, a a bloody sad look from bloody Titania. I mean. You didn't see the look. Uh, I I think I've I've been too lax of late. I think all the nonsense since winter is, is escalating your paranormal development. Hmm. Hmm. Do you want to eat the barn bracket or? Oh, I could murder some. You've been listening to Canaan Fields. Paranormal Investigators, starring Jat Fitzpatrick as Lucifer Kane and Oliver Morris as Brutus Fields. Carrying Off a Changeling was written and directed by Jack Fitzpatrick, with original music by Oliver Morris. The editing and sound design was by Jude Hodgson-Han and Oliver Morris, and it was a Scardi Symphony production. Find us on social media. If it's Kane and Fields, it's probably us. you've enjoyed this episode, why not start the journey from the beginning? Joy Actianson lived a blessed life before a child entered their dreams, but her baby seems strange, while her husband talks in his sleep. Therefore, she finds herself in the offices of Kane and Fields. Join these stalwart detectives on their debut adventure and subscribe to the podcast today. And find us on social media. If it's Kane and Fields, it's probably us. (laughs) 